You're listening to Join the Losers Bench, a bariatric surgery podcast. A show for people who want to take control and get healthy, or for people that have already taken the leap and want inspiration and support to continue being healthy and successful in their weight loss journey. If you are contemplating bariatric surgery, this is the place for you. Being a loser is not a good thing though, right? Not here. Losers are winners here. Not just losers, but anyone wanting to join the losers bench are also winners here. On each episode, we'll take you through all the ups and downs, the challenges, the wins, the sheer bliss you feel from gaining control of your life. We'll also have the pleasure of hearing from industry professionals, such as bariatric surgeons, dietitians, psychologists, sports physios, and patients' experiences alike about this journey, giving you the insights and opportunity to be informed and to help you be successful on your own journey. Without further ado, welcome your host and fellow loser, Navani. Welcome back to my podcast, everyone. And I want to say a big thank you to all you listeners that are spreading the word about my podcast. It's great to see so many people enjoying and resonating with it. Before I start, I also want to mention a disclaimer. And that is that nothing we discuss here is medical advice and it does not replace any medical advice. This is just my experience, so please see your GP if you have for any medical advice when it comes to your health. So with that out of the way, let's get into today's podcast. Today I wanted to talk to you about my trip to Kale and my experience meeting Dr. G and all about my operation and recovery. I took the trip to Kale with my whole family. I have two kids, 17 and 9. And um, my mum and my husband also accompanied me. We normally go to KL every December for a holiday. So that's the reason why I scheduled the operation for December as well, to incorporate the um, company shutdown as well as the annual vacation. Just worked out well with my job. In hindsight, I would rather have gone alone. But I will discuss that point with you later on as to what the reasons were that I thought it would have been better I went alone. I flew into Kale about four days before my scheduled procedure as I wanted to eat some yummy food and do some shopping and just enjoy a bit of a holiday before the procedure. I was able to do that because, as you know, um, Dr. G doesn't require a pre-op diet, which is the shake diet. So food was not a problem. He, in fact, um, tells you to go and eat as much as you want the day before, as long as you fast for eight hours prior to surgery. Now, normally, Dr. G recommends that you be there two days prior. So if, if you're having testing in kale, it's better to be there two days prior so that you can have your testing and all that done the day before your surgery. And if you miss your flights or anything like that, it doesn't actually affect anything. These are the pre-operative tests that we actually discussed in one of my previous episodes. I think it was episode three. You need to have these tests done so he can see the results before he operates on you. Now, if you have your testing done in Australia prior to arriving, then obviously your facilitator would have already sent it to Dr. G. So then you can arrive the day before the operation. So that's fine because he already has all the information that he needs. Now, normally your concierge, the lovely Ross, picks you up from the airport and takes you to your hotel. And she checks you in, makes sure that you're settled and she'll give you the schedule of what 
is happening um, in the next few days. But um, as I had a big party with me, um, I had, uh, I think, including me, there were five of us. And I think we had about 10 bags. Um, I arranged my own transfer to the hotel. Uh, we needed a big van to take us all there. So it wasn't fair that, you know, her little car wouldn't have fitted everything. She has a comfortable car, which probably would have fit three other people in a few bags. So it was not an option for us to have Ross pick us up. Now, Ross, the concierge, arranged to meet me first time the day before my surgery. You don't need to really stress or worry about anything as this lady basically takes care of everything for you. She drove me to my first appointment with Dr. G. And from the very first moment that I met Dr. G, I felt a real wave of relief. It basically cemented the fact that I had made the right decision to have the operation done by him. We discussed my operation and what to expect. We went through my history, all of my previous operations, all of my health complications. Uh, He went through the blood tests and he discussed um, possible complications. He explained the procedure to me and... uh, what the recovery will be, etc. He also said that, you know, he had a bit few concerns because my blood sugars were very uncontrolled. So, you know, the complications that can arise after surgery when you have diabetes are quite high. He also loves to throw in some Aussie humour. He really has a really good sense of humour. I found him to be very humble, very down to earth. We talked about how I came to be where I am and why I wanted the surgery. He just wanted to make sure that I was in the right headspace, I guess, to have the surgery. He was very informative and knowledgeable. I felt that, you know, he knew what he was talking about and he was aptly qualified to do my surgery. I left the appointment with all the instructions of what I needed to do regarding fasting prior to the op and what time I needed to be there um, for the procedure the next day. I left the um, appointment happy and very excited about my life after surgery. Um, That was all I could focus on, just how, you know, just I just wanted to be on the other side of it. Um, Now, my surgery was at the iHeal Medical Center, and I will link you to the website in the show notes. So if you want to have a look at the facility, it's quite a nice, sophisticated place um, that has all the up-to-date, state-of-the-art equipment. Uh, There are also a lot of YouTube videos on facility, and it highlights the facility and what they have and just how advanced and state-of-the-art the place is. I also stayed at the Gardens Hotel, for which I will also link in the show notes. Um, now, I chose this hotel as it's got apartment facilities. The first four days, we stayed in a Airbnb, but the day before surgery, I moved to this hotel as it was in the same complex as where the hospital is. Also, I found that because I was there with my family, it would be good if I have kitchen facilities as well. And it would be helpful post-op as well for me to be able to make stuff and eat. Um, I also stayed there because it's walking distance to the hospital and the shopping center. I also found that, you know, it would have been easy for my family just to walk over and visit me. And if they were bored, they can just go to the shopping mall, which is just downstairs. 
it was so convenient and it was all in one place. The traffic in KL can be really horrendous. So having everything within walking distance is definitely advisable and it's less stressful and obviously a lot cheaper as you won't need to get in a cab and, you know, go from place to place. And it doesn't waste time and it's not stressful. Plus the hotel and hospital is in a place called Mid Valley in KL. It's one of the shopping malls that's one of the biggest in KL. There's the Mid Valley shopping mall and then there's the Gardens um, shopping mall, which is a very high-end designer kind of mall. They're both really, really good. The shopping in KL is crazy. Clothes are so cheap and I bought so much stuff that I was saying, oh, I'll fit into this one day. (laughs) I bought so many goal outfits, um, which I do fit into now. So in hindsight, it was the right thing to do. We even had to actually make a special trip to Chinatown to buy two extra suitcases as between the five of us. We shopped so much that we had to buy extra suitcases to fit all that in. We also went to like an outlet mall just near the um, airport. That was really, really good as well. It's called the Mitsui Outlet Mall. So if you go a little bit earlier to the airport, um, there's a luggage locker there. So you can sort of put all your luggage and do some a spot of shopping if you want to. Last minute shopping if you like. I also had to up my luggage allowance coming back. I flew on Air Asia. It, I just chose to fly a really cheap airline um, because you just sort of pay as you go if you want to add food, if you want to add luggage. I actually considered getting an upgrade to a a sleeper, like a, I think it's called a bed that you can actually upgrade to. But then in the end, I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't because I was actually quite comfortable in economy. Now, most people think that KL or Malaysia is a third world country. This could not be actually further from the truth. Uh, Malaysia is actually quite an advanced country. There are so many beautiful places to visit and see. And the shopping and the food is just to die for. So let's get back into the topic at hand, my operation. I personally was not nervous as I was probably more excited than nervous to be rid of all the diabetic complications that I was experiencing. I also have colonoscopies and gastroscopies every year due to my previous colon cancer. So it was so routine for me. I just, yeah, I'd had so many operations before, so it wasn't really a worry. But this might not be the case for everyone. And obviously being in a foreign country alone, having a major operation might be something of a, you know, stressful situation for others. So As I said, you know, no two people's journey will be the same. I did meet three other ladies while I was admitted who were also waiting for their operations. And um, we actually became really good friends and all three of them were there alone. So most people actually come alone. The hospital room that I had was so private. It was so comfortable I felt so content. It was very clean. I had my own toilet. I had my own TV and I also had a spare bed in my room if anyone wanted to stay with me after my surgery. And it was very relaxing. On the the day before my of my procedure, 
I also met with um, Dr. G's dietitians. Um, they come and see you pre-surgery and um, you have to fill in some forms. These forms are just to gauge how much you know about the food regime post-operation. Basically, it's about your post-op food life. It also explains the importance of protein, which is a word that you will be hearing a lot of because after your surgery, protein is king. They also explain the role of protein in your recovery process. And as you know, you know, hair loss is also an issue with your operation and protein helps you to stop that. Protein is also important for your muscles not to waste away. And protein is also important to keep you feeling full. Once I filled the form in, um, she sat with me and ran through all the things I need to know and spoke about how to navigate food post-op and common troubleshooting issues like uh, overeating and vomiting, which is a common thing that you experience if you eat too fast. Um, she explained the healing process. She explained the staple line and how important it is to heal it completely before starting to eat adventurous foods. They step you through the different stages of food that you can introduce, um, when you can eat what. They give you a list of how to incorporate and how to phase food in. Um, I found this personally very helpful. And the papers that they give you, they are really visual and very informative. She also discusses with you how to transition into normal food once you are back home as well. That morning off the operation, I just had a shower, got ready for my procedure. Um, the doctor and the anesthetist came and saw me prior to the operation and just told me what will happen when they take me in there. Uh, just the usual drill of um, my ID and what procedure I was having. They talked a lot about the gas and they said that um, in Malaysia they use different gas to, I think, what they do in Australia, which... They pump this gas into you so they can sort of inflate your organs and see your stomach clearly. They also said that uh, usually you get the gas pain, which a lot of people talk about in the shoulder blades. Now, to be honest, um, I actually had zero gas pain post-surgery. And that could be because um, I've done, like every time I have my colonoscopies, I have gas anyway. So maybe my body is used to it now. <laughs> The whole time I was in the hospital, I had the concierge Ross with me. Um, she was always by my side. She was like a guardian angel. I had my family as well, but she was also there for the other ladies. She is a concierge for most of the facilitators. And um, she was with me every step of the way. She is just the most beautiful human. And seven months down the track, I am still really good friends with her. We talk almost every day. Um, we're on WhatsApp. So basically, you know, you got a friend for life in her. She's just an angel. Um, I was wheeled into the theatre and I remember having small talk with all the staff in there. They were just asking me about Australia and, um, you know, why I came to Malaysia to have the surgery and just little chit chat. And then I was told to count backwards from 10 I don't think I got to one because my next memory that I have is um, me waking up in the room after the procedure. I remember seeing my whole family standing there looking at me and my kids were also standing there by my side. 
Um, I was really happy to see them. But I do remember that I was in a lot of pain. So I asked my mum to get a nurse and to ask for some pain medication. And not even five minutes later, they gave me the pain medication. And I think I was just falling in and out of sleep. Nurse to patient ratio in Malaysia, I think I'm pretty convinced it must be one to one. As every time I passed for a nurse, it seemed like they were at my door and in my room within a second. So the service is just second to none. That night, the first night, my hubby stayed the night with me and he got a very comfortable bed. As I said, in the room, there was another bed. But the reason I said I wish I went alone was because another reason is because he kept asking me and fussing over me and, you know, kept asking if I needed anything. Well, that was annoying because I was trying to sleep, but I guess it was really cute. During the hospital stay, I met as I said, um, three other ladies, all from Australia, having the same surgery. One of the other ladies also had her gallbladder removed on the same day I had my surgery. Uh, they were through my agency and some other agencies as well. We instantly formed a bond um, of friendship because we were all going through the same thing. We were all staying in the same hotel. It just naturally happens and you know, to this day, we still carry on this friendship. We talk to each other, messenger or WhatsApp. So yeah, it's a lifelong thing that, you know, we all went through together. And uh, my sleep buddy, which is Melissa, we talk to each other almost every day. I talk to Ross almost every day. She's the concierge. And also I'm still in touch with Joe and Nikki, who are the other two ladies. Um, we still have group chats. We bounce things off each other. We talk about our milestones you know once in a while we message us oh guys it's three months today it's six months today how are you all going so yeah I am ever so grateful to these ladies for their love and friendship the recovery process for me was pretty good I did not have any nausea or vomiting but my sleeve buddy Melissa who also had a, her gallbladder out due to stones had a different experience. Um, I think she also had some dehydration and was given some um, fluids to recover. But I actually didn't have that issue. I was able to drink and sip all the water that I was required to have. So this basically shows you that no two people have the same journey or the recovery or experience. It is so important not to compare a journey to anyone as they are also unique. I remember sleeping a whole day the day after the surgery and um, I was checked on throughout the day to make sure my temps were normal and the usual blood pressure etc was checked um, to make sure I was drinking. You get this drink called Resource which is a product that Nestle make. It's a recovery drink and um, I love this drink over ice. It basically replaces all your electrolytes and vitamins and minerals that you lose during the operation. Um, and it also hydrates you. Uh, it's a really yummy peach flavor. Um, in fact, all of us girls actually bought some extra packs of Ross to bring back to Australia with us. I had it in my fridge for like a month after because I got so many. And also I had some on my um, plane trip back home. I just loved it just over, uh, you know, some ice. So post-surgery, 
the important points to remember is hydration. That is the single most important thing that you need to keep front of mind. It also helps you to, you know, aids you in your recovery. I think I'll do my next podcast on hydration so that, you know, we can talk about that aspect. Dehydration can cause all kinds of havoc in your body. So I have read so many posts on Facebook groups about people passing out and feeling dizzy and just not right. So I can attribute every single negative feeling that you pretty much feel after surgery is due to dehydration. So that water or liquid is very important. I will also discuss in a further episode the emotions that we go through in your head post-surgery as this was something you can never be prepared for. I know when you decide to have your surgery, all you want or all you see is the thin you and you think, oh yeah, I can go through or put up with anything um, as long as I just have my surgery. But what you feel in your head straight after is so different. Yeah, we'll talk about a little bit of bias, remorse and um, regret. And I can guarantee you pretty much that people feel regret probably the first four weeks and no one really talks about it after that. They say it's the best thing that happened to them. On day two, I was feeling really good and was ready to be released back to my hotel. Um, I was making the quota of the water and um, that I was meant to be having and I was finding that easy. I was finding um, having the broth uh, that they give you easy to swallow. I was feeling really good. I was feeling energetic, just didn't have any pain. Um, I was feeling actually really awesome. Um, as the hospital is above a shopping centre, I remember having a shower and going down to the shops for a spot of shopping while I was waiting for Ross to arrive to sort my discharge papers. It was a good location, I can tell you that. Um, I was discharged with some medications for reflux, um, for pain, for nausea, etc. And um, I was also given one blood thinning tablet to take on the day of my departure. So the day I was flying out so that, you know, you don't get DVT and all that or you don't have a risk of it. I mean, it's only an eight hour flight, so it's not like it's a big one. Once I got discharged, Ross and I walked over to the hotel and um, she got me settled in and obviously my family were there as well. Uh, she then walked me to the supermarket, which is also walking distance, where we got some eggs and cheese and yogurt, um, some beautiful chicken broth for uh, my meals for the next few days. And she sits and talks to you about what to eat. And, you know, you've already had that conversation with the dietitian, so it's not like it's a big deal and you already know what to do so um, I must say that I know I really had a dream recovery and I can easily say that it was not at all eventful um, I was shopping for three to five hours a day about day four onwards um, I had lots of energy I was walking a lot um, I, I was just eating the normal food um, I could have got on a flight and got back to Australia day four but, um, you know, I was there for about seven to eight days post-surgery. But this might not be the case for everyone. So, you know, the four ladies that I was with also had a very similar experience. Some of them actually left earlier than me back to Australia. So I would say 
it's the minimal invasive surgery, I think, that allows you to recover so fast. I can't even remember having major scars or having any issues with the wounds. I don't remember having sleeping problems. It was just a brief. Um, I had my surgery on the 19th of December. So Christmas was six days after surgery. And um, remember how I said I was there with my whole family? Well, they wanted to have a Christmas meal at the apartment. We all cooked together and made a few dishes too. Um, I helped cook everything. Um, This was the day that I had my very first breakdown post-surgery and it was pretty intense. I went into the room and felt very sorry for myself. This was when I thought about how well like the other girls who were with me in the hospital were doing because obviously they were spending that time together and they came alone so if I was with them and I was alone we would have all been experiencing the same thing so we could have talked it out and we would have just eaten what we could and it wouldn't have been an issue. So I think going it alone is kind of a good idea as you don't have to watch a partner or family eat and worry about that you can't join in. And I think it's also probably very good for your recovery to have that me time to process the whole situation and what is happening to you because it's quite intense like your hormones are up and down, your emotions are up and down. You know, sometimes you just feel like crying, sometimes you feel like laughing. So it's it's quite a big head game. So that was the first time I really cried alone in the bedroom and, you know, as everyone was enjoying the Christmas feast. And see, we associate so many feelings with food. It's comfort, it's a feeling, it's socializing, it connects people and not being able to participate was a terrible blow for me. The food-related changes um, shift so dramatically post-surgery that this highlights the function food had in your life. So for me, that brought so much, something that brought so much relief and comfort and pleasure ceased to exist. So I guess I was totally, I just felt totally broken. I had to basically sit there and reconcile that, you know, and speak to myself and say, why did I do this surgery? What were the benefits? Um, I had to reconcile that my post-surgery life will look different or very different to my pre-surgery life and just remind me of my why. Why did I do this? Um, After Christmas Day, we shopped and I had my final post-surgery consult with Dr. G. Um, I had no issues uh, at all. Things were going really well. Ross came and picked me and Melissa up and um, we had some laughs on the way, the three of us. We both, both of us went and had our barium swallow test. Um, this is a test that you do to see if there are any leaks in the staple line post-op. That is just a safeguard that Dr. G actually insists on. Um, we then saw Dr. G who looks at your non-existence cars at day five, I think, and looks for any signs of infection, etc. And then um, you see the dietitians again to make sure that you know how to eat for the rest of your life. Dr. G then gets you to take some pictures with him and who doesn't want that? He's like a god. 
and then he gives you his final clearance to fly back home. So this is basically the process that I went through. If any of you are interested in seeing Dr. G for your surgery, I am also a facilitator that works with him so I can connect you with him. Uh, my business is called A Fresh Start Asia. So I will also link you to my website in the show notes. Um, you can also contact me for a quote for surgery. So everyone, that is all we have time for today in today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, it was a long one. <laughs> Sorry about that. I will definitely discuss with you the first few weeks back at home and hydration, hydration, hydration in the next episode. So have a really great week, everyone, and I will catch you later. That's a wrap, losers, for this week on Join the Losers Bench. Hope you enjoyed the show and thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, please hit subscribe, like, and share with your friends, family, or with anyone that is considering surgery and wants to be a loser. We appreciate your feedback, so give us a rating and please review our podcast. Join our Facebook group, Join the Losers Bench, for more discussions, tips and tricks, and make sure you enjoy the community and support. Don't forget to look at show notes for any links and resources. And remember, everything you ever wanted is sitting on the other side of fear.